Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil Camerdo here with episode 264 of the Tutor Podcast, the Money Morning Show for anyone in the business of helping people through teaching, tutoring or coaching. As always, I'm here to share ideas and insights I've had, borrowed, stolen during the 24 years I've actually been in business and from the tens of thousands of pounds I've invested in training and education, the countless hours I've spent on the job and learning to do the job better. And I want to share it with you in a no-nonsense, no-BS kind of way. So today, I'm going to be talking about the two kinds of work. What I've come to realize is there are basically two kinds of work. There's your normal work. You know, let's call it shallow work. Bookkeeping, routine administration, scheduling, lesson planning. And of course, to a certain extent, the teaching. It's the everyday stuff that doesn't really need you to be... 100% 100% focused on it. Um, the best teaching days, I'm 100% focused on it. Time dilates and I'm totally absorbed in it. But for most jobs, and certainly most jobs I've ever done, whether it's been the actual hands-on stuff or the managerial stuff in laboratory work, sales, financial services, accountancy, property coaching, change work with people, the international casino, casino industry, and teaching. It's pretty much been shallow work, except for a few notable instances. For instance, massive casino games where very large amounts of money are at stake, and all the bets back then had to be added up mentally. So, for instance, you might have to pay out 17 times 35 plus 29, 29 times 19, plus 5 times 11, 24 times 8, 30 times 5, adds up to 15.95. And each of those ones would be, say, a $25 chip. That's just under 40 grand for just one bet from just one of many punters in a game. This is exceptionally demanding, especially in the excitement of a noisy casino gaming floor. And that's before you even begin to factor in managing the customers and the spectators. So that was one exception where the shallow work got very deep. Another one was forensic accounting. This is when I worked in the management consultancy. <coughs> and we sort of parachute into a company and then try and figure out why the company was floundering. And often my job was to figure out where the money had gone. And that was fascinating work. It's like solving the biggest puzzle you can imagine. Another notable exception was planning and building my multi-million pound property investment portfolio. So a quick geek alert for you here. That was building the spreadsheet model first to budget for the first 10 years and include everything in it. Teaching income, the capital and revenue sides of the property business, any pensions, any consultancy, any fees earned from coaching and mentoring people. Uh, capital and costs of joint venture partnerships, 
Altogether, that's 40 pages of A4 just for the front page of the sheet. And behind that, there are additional multiple pages for each of the properties, all of which stream data into the main page. That's deep, deep work. It's immensely rewarding, totally fascinating. As is the current project I'm on, which is buying another property, which is a bit of a problem case because the tenant's been there 50 years and I'm dealing with the executors of the deceased landlord's estate. It's very different to what I've done before, so there's an awful lot to learn and process. And it's deep, it's fascinating. Well, the deep work for me has been writing a couple of books, and the third one's in process at the moment. And the toughest job of all is being a dad. Yep. Even a son as lovely and wonderful as mine is a pain in the arse. And I love him dearly. Wouldn't have him any other way. With all his quirks and eccentricities, my son is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I guess that most parents out there would agree with that. They're all kind of deep work. But they are the exceptions. They demand way more from us than the normal shallow sort of work. They need really, really deep work. Now, I'd call it serious work for years, but eventually, I don't know when it was, I also realised that this was the kind of work that was not only the most challenging, it was also the most energising, the most absorbing, the most time-distorting and fun work I've ever done. When I was doing that serious work, I wouldn't want to leave the work alone. Became very resentful of sleep and I've lost count of the number of times I've had to suddenly get up and rush to the loo before I burst. I mean, how what is that? So this shallow work can be done pretty much while handling everything else. The phone ringing, the emails coming and going, the odd flash of seductive on-screen entertainment with lurid headlines and clickbait pictures. <clears throat> it might be that I'm punching in voices and doing routine office work. Uh, another geek alert. I do that because I really enjoy it. Um, certainly that sort of work you can do in the bedlam of an open plan office, which thankfully for me is a distant memory now. And all the time, of course, you're dealing with other people's demands on your time and attention. Like the Mr. Got a Minute. Ooh, so glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. Anyway, fortunately, I recently re-read, well, re-listened to Cal Newport's audiobook called Deep Work. And now I've got it on repeat while I'm doing other shallow stuff, as it happens. Now, Cal's an MIT-trained consumer edit. Cal is an MIT-trained computer science professor at Georgetown University. He's very smart, and I find the book easy to listen to when I'm in the car, working around the home or fixing up one or other of my properties. And the penny dropped. I realised that the really good, absorbing work I enjoyed so much wasn't serious at all. It was just deep. So I'll share with you my takeouts from the 
the Cal Newport book. It's this. Deep work requires and is characterized by total focus on just the work in hand. Elimination of distractions. That means turn your phone off. Put it somewhere else. Turn off your screen notifications. Get away from or turn off all those alluring non-subscription entertainment products like Reddit, YouTube, Twitter, and so on. Close every browser, every window, every email client, and everything else that might lure you away from the deep work you're setting out for yourself. If there's a lot of noise outside, use closed-back headphones and the sounds of the ocean, rain, wind, or some other form of background ambience to restore your peace and your ability to get stuff done. Or do what I do. Keep it simple. Work on paper. Paper doesn't ping, pop up, or show me nice pictures, or wave clickbait in front of my eyes. Now, deep work also requires solitude, unless you're collaborating with someone else. And I think, get yourself some kind of sacred space for your deep work. I have one at home. Nobody's allowed into this space without my permission. And that's where I am now. It's my private office. It's the one room in my home where only I am allowed to work on my businesses. Where I work on my writing, the plan for my life, and everything else that's most important to me. The next thing you need to do the deep work are chunky blocks of time dedicated to the activity. We're talking four levels, hours, days, weeks, and months. Now, the hours can be two to four blocks. We're pretty frazzled after four hours. Two hours is a good time to get stuff done. And I guess this podcast is a good example of this. It takes several hours to write and plan and a short time in the studio to record. The fun's in the writing, so it's blocked in on my schedule every Tuesday unless I've got a good reason to reschedule it. And that's probably why I've never missed an upload deadline in five years of doing this and of trying to help other people to do what I get to do every day. I've got a block for this deep work. And it's a few hours long. Slightly bigger block is the day. I've covered this before. is where you just basically go and hide from everything in order to go and do some serious deep work. Go and stash yourself away in the corner of a coffee shop and tell them to bring you a coffee every hour on the hour until the end of the day or until you die. That's a pretty good way to get things done. If you're lucky, take a week off. Go and do it. Bill Gates of Microsoft famously has Think Weeks where he'd retreat to somewhere with a big pile of books and papers to read. Just get yourself away from the coalface, as it were. If you're lucky enough to enjoy long holidays, like school holidays, get yourself away for a month or two months or a whole term. Go write your book, go write your course, your business plan. Take the time to do the work and go deep. Now, another aspect of deep work that's, for me, really essential 
is monitoring it. Now, here's the kicker on the monitoring thing. I've focused a lot in the past on results. Uh, these are what are called lag results. They lag behind. And this is what most people monitor. Say maybe the completion of a book, an academic paper, purchase of another property or some similar metric. But what's better to focus on than the lag results are the lead activities that produce those results. Focus on the activity that produces the results over time. For the books, it might be hours spent writing or words written per time block. For property, it might be the number of viewings conducted or agents contacted per week. For teaching, it might be the number of prospect calls made to speak to people who've inquired about your services. And keep score. Create a string or a chain of successful days and keep it in front of you. A wall calendar, a planner or a paper diary works way better for most people than doing it digitally. Again, Geek Alert, I use an A4 file effects with customized pages that I've created for myself and that tick box what I want to get done. There's no rocket science, there's no screen, it's just paper and reality staring back at me off the page. Now, your deep work could be very different to mine, and that's totally cool. It just has to be the most important and demanding thing for you. And you know what it is, because it's that bloody thing you've not been doing. It's the one you've always said you'd do someday. So what I want you to think about doing is stepping away from superficial momentary distractions and the constant connectedness that is absolutely maddening so that you can get your deep work done. But be warned, because when you do this to go and pursue your own deepest work, your highest purpose, you're going to get problems, namely other people. I always said that all my problems come with hair on top. Now, these days, we're all expected to respond to emails, text messages, DMs and PMs on social media, phone calls and the like in a very short time. And I know that in the past, my sudden and unexplained unavailability has caused some of my friends to completely flip out and take my silence to mean that I'm dismissing them or I'm snubbing them in some way. Sidebar here, this really helped me to identify one or two people who were not positive forces in my life and to recalibrate our relationship and our contact. It reminded me not to deal with morons. DDWT, don't deal with tossers, it's one of my golden rules. And gave me the clarity to filter out certain people from my lives, from my life. Edit that. <clears throat> These days I've mostly got everyone I know trained to understand that if I'm not bouncing back a response right away, it's because my phone is off or in silent mode. This was the big one. Turn your phone off. Stick it on silent. Put it in the car outside. Just get the hell away from the phone. 
Um, the caveat on this, for me, I have an emergency phone too. If it's truly urgent, if it's a real emergency, and not somebody just needy who wants to know that I got the less brain fart message, then my family, my closest friends, and all of my tenants have an always-on 24-7 emergency-only number. It's a cheap-as-chips pay-as-you-go phone on an old handset so I can turn off my regular phone and dive into the deep work without leaving vital people high and dry. It was kind of a revolutionary thing for me to do. I don't know why it took me all this time to get to that point. So, back to it. If they don't hear from me, they know it's because I'm in the office. And I tell them that the phone doesn't work in the office because it doesn't work in the office. I'm here in the country in an old house with very thick walls. And the phone doesn't work in the office. Or they know I'm doing some important work that demands my unbroken concentration. They know it doesn't mean that I don't care. It means I'm paying attention to the big stuff that I want to get done rather than listen out for the ping of the phone. They also know I'll respond to their message, if appropriate, as and when I damn well please. See, it's all a reflection of Goethe's famous line, things which matter most must never be at the mercy of things which matter least. And not everybody gets it. You'll probably encounter mystified incomprehension as you go deep. Because choosing to go deep is unusual. So as you detach, as you become isolated, expect pushback and friction. Just flex your idgaf muscle and do what you've got to get done. Get the big stuff done. Get the deep stuff done. Now, I don't know if you currently make this distinction between deep work and shallow work. Or whether I'm just an isolated lunatic out in the sticks. And if you do, I'd love to hear how it's going for you. Has it helped you to approach the two things in these two different ways? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. As I always say, I'm here to learn, here to help, and to share what I've learned. So drop me an email. It's info at neilcamado.com. Or find me on Twitter, where I am, at TutorPodcast. Let's leave it there for today. So if you haven't already, like and subscribe to the Tudor Podcast. Maybe leave us a review. And I'll be back next week with more no BS ideas and tips to get you to start, grow and love your tutoring business, just like I love mine. I hope this podcast has got you thinking and has been of some help to you. Until next time, stay healthy, stay useful and have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.